This episode of the Off Course Podcast is sponsored by Titleist. The TSR offers an impressive selection across the entire spectrum of skill and speed. Each head is customized for a certain player in mind and solves for issues like too much spin, not enough consistency, and not enough speed. Take some time to learn about the different driver and fairway wood options that could propel your long game forward at Titleist.com. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. Hello, you golfing legends, and welcome back to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me this week, I actually I get to do a double. Uh, we do have a familiar face in Mr. Chris Kosky, who's made his way over to Skytrack Golf as the SVP of marketing. Chris, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me again. Always fun. It's my pleasure, buddy. Uh, and we also have Mr. Nick Clearwater. I think, Chris, you did a better job of explaining what he does than he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got Nick Clearwater here, who is uh, head of player development for Golf Tech and kind of our de facto R&D lead and, um, for the Skytrack business and kind of all things all knowing about launch monitors and his experience over the years. So I, I have an immediate question for you, Nick, and obviously welcome to the show. We're very, very happy to have you. My question is, how in the world do you get any work done with what's behind you? This is all audio based, but you've got a wall full of shafts and heads and uh, awesome lights. I'm into it. Yeah, this is a golfer's nerd here. At our, it's a nerdery here at our headquarters for sure. Um, but seriously, you had Chris on before and you brought him back. <laughs> yeah i think that really? we've actually had him on twice once in person too it's pretty wild uh-huh. right. yeah but okay. our office is in is in englewood colorado it's a massive golf heaven here we do uh corporate training for coaches and franchise training for coaches and pump 300 of them or so through our doors every single year to teach them what to do and that's my office every day so we've got some some cool stuff every launch monitor that's ever been made every training aid that's ever been made i probably have three of those um and the amount of phone calls and meetings and lesson takers that roll through this building is uh, pretty astronomical uh we've already been blasting each other pre-show myself and chris uh, i feel like once you've played golf with someone a couple of times you have the freedom to discuss and or judge their golf game so uh, i'm wondering chris who do you think needs a lesson more from nick right now you or me oh, it's always gonna be me but uh, I believe that. Yes. And I don't think you need to actually watch anybody swing to decide to chew apart their golf game or what you think it's going to look like, Dan. They're, no, you don't need to wait. Well, let me, ask, yeah. <laughs> let, me ask, let me ask the, the early question. I think everyone's really curious about Skytrack and golf tech. How did that come about? Where is the connection between the two and, and what are the benefits? Yeah, I'll kind of start. Um, and I came on after the acquisition, so I'll let Nick backfill. But in September of 2022, uh, Skytrack was uh, acquired by Golf Tech Enterprises. And, um, you know, the way that, that Joe Ossel, the founder of Golf Tech, puts it is, you know, we've, we've used every launch monitor in the world. Um, we saw an opportunity to... Uh, to partner with a great company who's got a great base technology that we can then grow with and kind of let Nick fill in as he was there and instrumental in it. Yeah. So uh, we'd looked at other launch monitors and we've been interested in 
that simulator space anyway. Uh, this just seemed like an awesome opportunity to blend the best consumer product with uh, just this army of golf instructors all over the world. And then our combined knowledge between the SkyTrack team and the golf tech team is, is enabling us to probably do some very cool things inside the simulator launch monitor space that haven't really been dreamt up by some of our competitors because of the institutional knowledge that both brands bring. Now, the, uh, the real interesting part is that we've looked at many companies to acquire and we still are. Um, so this one just seemed like a, a perfect, great fit. Well, let me ask you, uh, a sort of follow-up question to that when it comes to golf tech is there an, an interest in integration there is there an intent to completely bring skytrack in and, and build out that product to be a solution for all of your locations is this something where you collaborate with uh, skytrack as a more individualized product where your your folks who come through you encourage them to be a part of that as well because it's more accessible to them what what is the real playbook there yeah, I think you might have been sitting in in our meetings based on the <laughs> questions that you have. These are all the topics we've been discussing for almost a year now. Um, so first, the at-home experience has a, a ton of room to to get better, as Chris uh, knows very well with a, with a lot of research that they did, um, playing, competing, practicing. Those were terms that came up in, in student surveys of golfers or launch monitor users. That's what they use it for. That's what they think of the product as. So that's a lot of what you see in the advertisements that Chris has been instrumental in making here. So players want to get better. I think there's a uh, sometimes an idea that just an at-home simulator user doesn't want to get better. But I think if you make it easy and you can make data accessible to them in a way that's super digestible, so it's not complicated, which has never been a code that's very well cracked in the, the launch monitor simulator space yet, there's a massive opportunity for people to, like the national handicap to start going down based on having better launch monitors and better data that comes out of that. So I think we can, we've improved upon what SkyTrack had already done, which was great. Um, but then also the integration into golf tech systems. Yes, we've already begun that. Um, we've partnered with Foresight for a long time. They've been an awesome partner. I really appreciate all of those guys. Many of them are friends of mine as well, but uh, the, with the SkyTrack Plus acquisition, the SkyTrack Plus is a great product to be using to teach golf with. I've hit probably 10,000 shots on this. I've taught many, 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 many lessons, as have, have the rest of the team here at our, at our office. This is a, a, a great product and one that, that is worth using in uh, golf, to golf tech lessons. So we're just exploring the, the pains that really come with integrating new things into a, a big system like our 250 plus golf techs all over the world. Um, but that integration is, is, should be really seamless. The, when you log in for a lesson versus going home, tying all that data together, having a simple report for the student to see how they did and use that data in some unique ways that no one's really done yet. But then also when you come into a golf lesson, being able to see that data uh, from your student and what they did at home and possibly all the different ways that we can help uh, make practice more of an engaging um, appetite to go back and forth from. If you take a golf lesson, you get a scheduled practice regimen, you go home and do that. The results of what you did or didn't do, because a lot of people don't practice, uh, then are seen by your coach. And that's that's where this natural fit and progression uh, at Golf Tech, uh, Golf Tech Improvement Centers and with our lessons is so uh, practical. 
So golf tech as a whole, I mean, it ties in a lot of things for the golfer. It seems like you have solutions for a lot of what a golfer needs. Um, and, and I, and I made mention of the, the back display that you have right now. I mean, it, it's intimidating for most people to look at. You probably look at it with a very familiar eye. It feels very comfortable to you, but you, if you have just a regular golfer who is a, a weekend hacker, but he's truly passionate about the game, there are certain things that he goes into a lesson or a fitting and becomes intimidated about whether it's a wall of product, whether it's a, uh, a bunch of data that shows up on a screen. What I really caught on your last statement was creating more comfort around that experience. And, and I wrote down my own notes, making golf swing knowledge more fun. Um, <laughs> is that having this, ability to reach out to a company so closely to you that creates the product and, and has an, an ability to manipulate what's displayed on screen or how people can digest that information that that has to feel like one of the very significant one-ups to creating comfort in the fitting and learning space yeah the vertical integration that we've always had with launch monitors is difficult or we just didn't have it that was the only thing really in our bay that uh, or hitting bays that we didn't own. We own almost all the rest of the technology besides we buy the hitting mats from a, a third party company. But that horizontal integration of launch monitors is challenging because we're really at the mercy of their user interface and what they want that user experience to be like. Plus the, uh, the SDK that we're able to use, uh, we, we can use it, but we can't really get exactly what we wanted out of that to help people play better. Some things are too complicated. Some aren't noticeable enough. Some amazing features are built into Foresight software and you can't even really access it very quickly or easily as a coach or share that with your students. So yes, this has given us an opportunity. So we've got uh, about 13 years of using launch monitor experience. I had the very first TrackMan ever and used that uh, for a long time. And I've used GC2 and all the Foresight products since they, since they began. Um, so I'm well aware of what consumers want based on teaching golf to thousands of players. The team here has equal knowledge or more than even I have for sure on, on uh, ideas of how to make the, the launch monitor and simulator space more interesting. But that, that kind of knowledge is, is unique in the launch monitor space. Uh, very frequently how the, the user interfaces are designed are the, the executives at the company sit together and try to collaborate on, well, this would be cool. Or they have to rely on user surveys and studies of their user group. Well, I'm, uh, all of us here at Golf Tech, we've been conducting those student surveys in person for 12 years. There is no better education than what, what people need. So we've given this a good first start um, on improving the SkyTrack Plus user interface relative to even our peers as fast as we could to get it done by a certain date. We have hundreds of iterations that we want to improve upon with the software that we'll get to over time. Well, I want to dial it over to Chris and, and ask specifically about SkyTrack and the abilities that it can produce. I know a fair bit about the original model um, and it's obviously grown in popularity. I would say uh, the world pandemic probably didn't hurt but uh, we now have new products showing up and, and new ideas that are starting to uh, be created. Um, what is what has the last few months looked like for you and, and how much how much do you see of significance from an interest standpoint for each model that exists now for Skytrack? Yeah, well, 
Daniel, you know, it's interesting for me coming from the club side of the business and having been engaged in fitting testing product for years, putting little stickers, fiducials on irons, forgetting they're on there and going out to the course and remembering that they're on there quickly as you look down at a, for me, it's usually like a four or five iron in instead of like an eight iron in like you. Um, But I use that SkyTrack a decent amount in my garage. And then when I got this job, I started really digging into research and what the at-home simulator market looked like and didn't realize that SkyTrack had such a, a high awareness level um, and was thought of in such high regards. Um, you know, I use launch monitors for completely different reasons than, you know, practice, play, and compete. Um, and then to see the development of the SkyTrack Plus, which was near ready to launch when I came on board earlier this year, um, and start, you know, digging into it. How do we create a story around this thing and working with Nick? Um, you know, we started off looking at accuracy studies compared to some of the best launch monitors in the world and realizing that the accuracy of the SkyTrack Plus uh, is within the margin of error of any other launch monitor on the market. And then we can deliver it at $3,000. That was insane to me. Um, you know, a big reason why, you know, I'm, I'm here right now is, is hearing these types of stories and, and learning how we're going to continue to integrate and push that software. Um, the addition of club data uh to the skytrack plus versus what we call internally the og skytrack um was was huge and again not having to put stickers on it to get that data uh was really cool and then kind of the last part that i really love about the skytrack plus um was the user interface and uh dan i've played golf with you on simulators i've tried to hit hole in ones on short holes for hours with you, uh, at Josh's house. Um, and you know, we've, we've kind of studied it, you know, it's, it's, it's our jobs to do that type of thing. But in looking at the SkyTrack plus, there's just some really cool, simple additions to the UI, um, that help improve a little bit quicker. And so we've got what we call kind of our stoplight functionality, where we've got optimal ranges for shots, uh, at launch angle, descent angle, uh, and spin. And if you're outside of that optimal range, you'll get a red light uh, or a red box on there. And, you know, as competitive as I can be, when I see those things, it's like, all right, I need to fix that. I can go after that. And as I brought friends over to my garage and we played, uh, they've been doing the same thing. And it's just fun watching people's eyes light up for something that, you know, can be very complicated in the numbers, but to be a really simplified UI or user interface experience has been really cool. So that's interesting because as you both speak about this, and certainly when it comes to reading data on a monitor, all I could think about was how can we isolate this product to where the things that are good can be looked at positively, the things that are bad can be looked at as more of like a focus feature. Um, But then in my own head, it's like, all right, can we eliminate half the stuff based on the user base in case like, you know, Obviously, I'm going to look at it differently than, let's say, my dad would or my wife would or my seven-year-old would. So should there be a level playing field when the data comes up? I love that that's at the forefront of the conversation. Uh, you mentioned us messing around in a, in a simulator uh, a year or two ago. Like We're obviously treating that in, in our own way. And, and I look at this a lot like when I go to the driving range um, or you know one of those things like a Top Golf or something like that. 
depending on who I'm with is how I participate in that situation. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't think it's any different with launch monitors. If I'm by myself, the likelihood of me just trying to find a window is pretty high. If I have someone else there with me, I'm like, all right, let's see who can get closest to this hole so I can rub it in later on when you're, you know, sobbing into your, your burrito bowl, that kind of thing, you know, that, that there's an intent to provide a customized experience or there's an opportunity to, and I feel like a lot of these softwares are more, more linear in their approach. It's not really hugely creative unless you want to go play a party game or, you know, go play a round of golf or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, kind of the interesting angle that we're going to come at this with. And we've had a lot of internal uh, conversations about that. You know, who was the SkyTrack user before now and in the future? And how does that marry up with some of the goals of, of golf tech and SkyTrack combined? And, you know, we talk about in, in through research that we've done, you know, anybody who brings a simulator into their house, uh, garage, backyard, whatever, Typically, they're trying to get better. They're trying to have fun. Um, and those are the two things that stood out the most. And, you know, fun can come in a lot of ways. It's getting better at golf. Uh, it's competing against your buddies, uh, whatever it may be. But if you can make getting or getting better at golf fun, uh, then I, I think we kind of hit a bit of a holy grail. And with the control we have over our software roadmap, um, we've got the ability to do that in spades. So I noticed that there's actually some programs that you can apply to your monitor. I think it's like a, there's a basic, there's a game improvement and a play and improve. Mm -hmm. uh, when did those come into play and what would people get having the certain levels of those tiers? Um, those have been around for a while and, you know, there's a, a number of different exercises and challenges that come with those different tiers. So, um, whether it's, you know, a wedge matrix for really gapping and dialing in all your wedges to, you know, full bag mapping, getting all your yardages down and right, uh, correct for your game. Um, and then all the way up to, you know, different challenges that you can bring friends with, uh, with the new play and improve package, we actually have 15 golf courses from, uh, one of our SIM partners, E6, uh, so out of the box, once you have what we call the PIP or playing improved package, you can be playing Bandon Dunes or Torrey or Oakmont at your house immediately. Um, you know, I was cleaning out the garage on Saturday and played a quick 30 minute round on Torrey South. Uh, that's pretty fun to be able to do that for a course I used to play every single weekend of my life. So until uh, your wife yelled at you. Yeah. <laughs> And all those uh, challenges and things that Chris was mentioning too, like the, uh, the the bag mapping in a lot of programs, you have to hit a bunch of balls to know how far your clubs go. We're going to make that much easier. Um, add the wedge matrix. Rory McIlroy is adding more wedges to his bag. Uh, he and anyone who's serious about golf should be going through that wedge matrix. And that was even a fun uh, project that before Golf Tech and Skytrack came together, uh, that was a question that the SkyTrack team, um, as we worked together on STOG even a little bit and how we might be able to use that uh, collaboratively with golf tech and students, uh, we came up with that idea about seven or eight years ago. And SkyTrack initially rolled that right into their products. So it's been a cool little role here, and uh, the products are just getting better. The, that game improvement plan, is there someone who shouldn't be using that, Chris? 
No, everybody should be using it, especially me, if that's what you're trying to get at. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> you should be using that and buy several SkyTrack Pluses. Uh, you know, funny story for you, Dan. I played the worst round of my adult life about a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago. Next you did, time I saw it. Yeah, Nick saw my face as I, I came off 18. It was bad. Um, and, you know, as tears. typical of someone who was Tears, worked, blood. <laughs> No sweat, just tears and blood. Um, But typical as someone who worked at a club manufacturer for so long, I immediately just like, all right, let's get rid of these clubs. So I started doing the audition. I lay three or or four sets of irons out on the floor of the garage, and I started working on the SkyTrack Plus in the garage and um, ended up switching irons, but really just through that process, working on my swing and trying to get optimal club path, face angle, and... Uh, really launch angle was, was a place I was focused on. Um, fast forward three days to, it was father's day, I suppose. Um, went out and played with some buddies and I shot 78 that day and dropped 26 strokes off my previous score. Uh, and so, you know, real world kind of experience of where I was able to take it, grind a little bit, have fun doing it and, and get better quickly. Those are great points too. But just with the software on SD Plus, you can watch face angle at impact, path at impact. You've got corridors for launch angle, backspin, and then the angle of descent, which is probably the most underutilized data point on any launch monitor or simulator for sure. And through that, with a little bit of help on what's good and what's bad, you don't even necessarily need your friends there babbling in your ear telling you what to do, or even me or any other teacher there to help you. You can get a lot done just with that data and understanding the corridors of, of the variables that you want to hit. You can see, so, I mean, I've got the number 22 teacher in the world in my hip pocket right here. And I went home and just completely ignored him and, and fixed it myself. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that uh, I've done the same to you many times. And that's why you chose to just go home and not ask me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when it comes to that integration, I think Chris is a really good example here because I'm sure he's not free of getting lessons himself, but he also has the ability to take a unit and to expand on what he's learned. Nick, are we looking at now that launch monitors are becoming more affordable, especially an example like this, there was a time when you'd say, well, if I don't have one of the ten dollars to $20,000 launch monitors, I don't have a lot of faith in my data or the information is uh, there's more going on in the unit than there is in my swing. So when it comes to someone like Chris who has access to a monitor, is getting that lesson, does that change a little bit for golf tech? Are you now becoming liaisons to let's get you in the right place and then get you out working on your game and you focus on these numbers uh, as opposed to what it would be before where you're trying to encourage them to like, get in this place, then let's see if we can see this shape on the golf course or something like that? Yeah, you have different choices and lessons, which you can do. I like the first one, which is teach people how the game works. The first question I ask every single person that I've ever seen hit a ball is, where do you aim the club face? Uh, There's a nuance to that answer that is often missed, and we don't need to talk about that now. But it really starts with how does the game work? Do you know how this ball gets to where it does? Most people who probably are listening to your podcasts, uh, especially for the first time, second time, they might not know the answer at all. And that uh, then when, if you don't really know how the game works, how the ball gets from point A to point B, you can't help yourself. And problem solving is the most important thing that an amateur can learn. Course strategy is number two, which we're trying to uh, integrate a little bit into ST plus as well. 
yes, have, knowing the data, knowing what's acceptable, having the same launch monitor be able to go home with you because it's affordable and still really good to practice on to know uh, what's happening uh, relative to when you're in the time with your lessons is a huge edge on it. And then there are other lessons where you might come in and realize like Chris, he's so bad at golf that we could worry about where every shot goes and teach him that, but really you need to totally take every part of his swing um, from even the way he pulls the club out of the bag and just start over again. So you've got those two different choices. I'd like the record to show that uh, Chris is almost muted at this point, laughing so hard at the banter going on. And frankly, gentlemen, I love it. it it's quite curious. <laughs> the video uh, would be better, but you know, yeah. that's what we got. Well, we might need to get you two side by side at some point to see if it goes to blows in one of these. That'll oh, definitely I'm be totally video ready. for the masses. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, I'm, I'm going to send that back over to you now because there is, and an, it's not that golf tech is obviously the only fitting or lesson solution. I mean, there are plenty of guys who go out to their local course. I have a couple of pros at my course who are perfectly capable of giving lessons. Your product is efficient both in that location and in fitting centers and at home. Um, when you get someone who says, I really want to get to know more about my data, how far down that rabbit hole do you go with them to find out what works for them? And I'm going to follow up with that as well by asking you, what do you see the future? Are you going to try and expand that dollar range from a, a quality standpoint? Uh, what What is the end goal here for the SkyTrack experience? Um, well, touch on the first part, just in, in terms of data. In, in large part, it depends who you're working with on your game. Um, you know, I asked Nick long before I ever came to, to work in this position, who I should go to to get a lesson. And, and he asked if I, you know, well, who do you think you would go to and mentioned somebody? And I said, well, they don't really use technology. Um, and he said, well, if you're not using technology, you're not getting a lesson anymore. Um, and it's kind of the same thing. If you're not measuring, you're guessing. Uh, and so I think as you do approach that, um, a couple simple stats are going to help you get better. Uh, and I, I think that anybody, uh, if they can see, you know, their launch characteristics of the ball, um, it's going to help them at least get a benchmark for where they could be or should be. Um, depending on their level of interest in that, you can go a little bit deeper. Uh, some people you know, don't love all of the numbers and that's fine. You know, just give them a few of the basics and what they're comfortable with. You don't want to kind of tie their head up in knots. Um, you know, I've typically been someone who likes a little bit of data, but um, you know, I'm not the guy who's putting Arcos on my grips and measuring every single shot and, and going through the game. It's fine for some people to do that. It's just not me. Um, you know, where we could go with this, um, you know, I think Nick threw out a stat that Golf Tech has over 6 billion data points on swings over the years, which is probably as much, if not more, than anybody with all the students that go through all the 250 locations. Um, not only the camera data and the launch monitor data that, that we get out of those. Uh, and so really kind of the world is our oyster for where we go with this. And um you know, I think one of the hard parts is prioritizing a roadmap. 
um, you know, we went to a, a handful of people in the organization and started trying to put together ideas. And there's, I think there was over 90 ideas of potential add-ons that we can move forward with in the software. And so, you know, when you start at 90 and have to bring that down, um, to, you know, a handful a year, that's a tough exercise as you would imagine. Um, and you know, we don't want to do that just from, you know, the corporate level. We want to hear what SkyTrack users want. Um, the amount of time that folks in this company spend in forums like yours, uh, on the Facebook groups, um, talking to our customer service team and just learning and figuring out what people want and want to see more of um, is a bit maniacal, actually. You know, I'm sitting there on Sunday nights, Saturday nights and getting texts from my boss of, you know, screenshots of these things. Hey, did we think about that? I'm like, yeah, we've seen eight other people say the same thing. And, you know, we kind of take that feedback and pass it back. So, um You've heard me say this before, Dan, but I think every good golf company focuses on product, service, and news. Uh, and if we can create good product, uh, deliver great service, um, and create news on a regular basis, so usually that news comes in the form of product, uh, then we'll be successful. Uh, in terms of you know devices, you know, do we? You said, can we up the quality? Um, well, hold on. I, I didn't necessarily say that. I think, and, and let me present it a little bit better because I feel like you answered the first question beautifully and I want to present an, another way of looking at the second one. There are, I think it's easier to ask, can you, can you bring down the level of the unit to be in that sub $1,000 category? One of that more like what you would call a pocket simulator type of thing. Uh, that we've seen a little bit of. And then secondary to that, I, I think the question isn't necessarily now, will you get to that ten dollars to $20,000 range? And the real question here is, does it require getting to that level to create the quality that you would expect to see from those units that have established themselves in that price point? Absolutely not. Um, you can see Nick shaking his head vigorously. Um, no, and that's in a lot of the conversations that we have. When we when we do testing with you know third party uh, Rocky Mountain Sports Institute, um, and hit nineteen hundred shots between ours and a twenty thousand dollar device, and see almost no difference in the data. Um, it, it gives us some solace in the fact that we don't need to go up to a $10,000, $20,000 price point to get fidelity of a tour level launch monitor. It's just not necessary. Uh, yeah, our, the, yeah the, the margins that are made on those devices relative to the, the quality of the product that the golfers needed doesn't make sense to go that way at all, Dan. No so way. I want to draw a little bit of a parallel to that. Uh, being... Uh, a longtime forum member, an armchair uh, CEO, if you will, uh, and a collection of absolutely brilliant minds who have never once stood in a golf company. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's really funny listening to the conversations about the different companies. Uh, I think Golf Balls is a primary example where they say you have to be at the same price point as others in that same window to be considered the same level of relevancy, and that 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 is also associated with clubs too. It's like if they're selling their driver for 600 and you're selling yours for 400, a lot of people will ignore that it's a wonderful deal, even if the output's the same. 
purely because they don't consider your product premium. And I think that's one of the curious things about SkyTrack. And, and now you do have two models that have slowly increased, I'm sure with good reason, but there is this understanding that there are two significant models out there right now that are the benchmark for quality on launch monitor data. And they are so wildly priced and I'm not being critical. I don't know what the right price is, What what I think is challenging and, I, and I'm circling this back to you, Chris, is does that become a real challenge that you have no intentions of competing with them in a price range conversation, but you have every intention of competing in the, with them in a quality of product range? I think that's fair. I mean, there are still some things that, that our product doesn't do that we would like it to do. Um, you know, we can hit on ours outdoor, but off mats. Uh, it's, it's not really built to go to the range and, um, and test and improve your game outdoors on grass would we like to improve on that absolutely 100 percent um do we have to do it at that premium of a price point uh, i don't think so um and then it becomes more of a marketing story building thing is how do we how do we make sure people know and get that same feeling um you know, i lived it in the putter world uh for a long time uh, you know the odyssey brand uh, was kind of seen as a mid-market brand to a lot of people. It's won a lot of majors, just putter on my wall right there. Um, it's a major winning putter that didn't cost $500. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the perception of quality and performance has always been a little bit off in golf. Um, but I think when it comes to true performance in the launch monitor setting, uh, accuracy, fidelity, and kind of the service you're providing is where a, a company can win. So one of the things I think is interesting is that you are a side of ball setup. It's not, we've seen balls that have to be, or designs that are required to be behind the ball. Trackman is a good example of that, um, that need a certain level of distance to work out. I, I think I, I've had experience with the original SkyTrack unit. It wasn't anywhere close to maybe a couple feet that you had to have it away from your product or from your golf ball that I'm, is that the same for the plus? Is it set up differently now? What does it look like? Yeah. Nick. Yeah. The uh, plus sits in the same spot, but further away. So now you've got about four or five inches more and that triangulation from trying to hit the device is more challenging. Now <laughs> I was hitting on SkyTrack yesterday and I was thinking, I'm surprised more of these don't get hit, but the plus I never feel any kind of anxiety that way. That view with cameras is really the, the best perspective right now for capturing the a high fidelity of a shot radar behind the ball not real good unless you can see all the way to the apex. It's really challenging to, to recognize spin and axis tilt. Um, the spot that we have ST plus located in, I don't think needs to be the only place and still be side on. Uh, but it is a really good spot for that. And that's a, a really simple way to, to capture with the fidelity that you want. Okay. Yeah. Proximity to screen, you know, the way that Nick usually answers it when he gets that question is as long as you can finish your swing, that's how far away you need to be from your screen. So um, we can put it in a pretty compact environment. And with a lot of people, you know, one of the main obstacles to getting an at-home sim is, man, do I have the space for it? Um, you know, can I, do I have the swing height to, to hit a driver? You know, is it nine feet or more, uh, nine and a half feet or more? 
Um, and then how far back do I need to go? And, and with Skytrack, we can put it in a pretty compact environment. Yeah, that was more or less the question I had because every time you talk to someone, or at least every time I talk to someone about whether they have a unit or not, or whether they want a unit or not, a lot of times it's that garage simulator crew or the, mm -hmm. the few lucky ones with taller than 10 foot ceilings in their basement. And no, I definitely didn't see if I could get a contractor to lower my basement uh, floor at all. Definitely not me this not. year. Uh, that, that is a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. Um, and I also noticed you actually do have packages where folks can buy the, the full product from you. Is that right? So you have unit, uh, I assume Matt, uh, simulator setup. What all comes into that? Yeah, so we just launched that, and I think it's going to be one of the biggest opportunities that we have as a company. For under seven grand, you can get uh, the launch monitor, so the SkyTrack Plus unit, a full enclosure, whether that's from 10 feet wide to 13 feet wide, uh, five feet deep to 10 feet deep. Um, you get the projector with that. You get the mat. You get a ball tray. You get putting grass. Uh, you get the protective case for the unit really everything you need except for the computer to, to run this uh, comes in that package for sub seven grand, which um, is quite a bit lower than the rest of the market. And when, when I share that, you know, over dinners or at the golf course, having a beer after I play and you tell someone that they can have it for under seven grand, they don't think that's possible. You know, they think it's a 20, 30, $80,000 thing uh, and so I think, you know, being able to do that, just it, it brings it to reality for a lot more people. And when I said you know, earlier, we want to make practice or game improvement fun. Uh, we also want to make it accessible. And uh, I think we're able to do that with the full package. I want to chip away a little bit here, buddy. I got to know there's got there has to be something curious you can share with us coming down the pipeline. I, I know THPers are always curious about new shiny things. What, what's going on over there? Hmm. How much do we share, Nick? Well, you can start and then I'll say what I want to anyway. <laughs> Perfect. Um, you know, we've, we've started to roll some of these devices out into to golf tech centers. Um, and so we've actively got a handful of coaches uh, giving lessons on these products. You know, selfishly, as someone who is judged on SkyTrack sales numbers, it's pretty cool that we're going to have a showroom to send people to, to go and try a launch monitor before they ever have to buy it. So, um, you know, coming soon, uh, from that aspect of the game, Nick, what do you want to say? Dan, that was such a marketing answer. <laughs> hey, I, I've had him on the show. Hear. I know how it goes. Listen, it's fine. <laughs> He's the best. I love giving him a bunch of, a bunch of trash though. Uh, okay. So I think we have a pretty cool UI that we crammed in as fast as we could. I mean, we had like two or three months to try to move systems over from SkyTrack to golf tech and get that integration. Right. And all the, the problems that were included in that. So that is like uh, basically past us now. Uh, new problems, or not new problems, but new opportunities, we can spend more time on them. So the UI in particular, uh, one of the first things that we're going to address is the backdrop of the driving range. We want to make that cool. It's going to look cool. Sorry, Chris, if you don't want me to say this, but we're headed down Go the path of yeah. showing, some, showing some options and making this a lot of fun to practice on. Uh, we've spent a ton of time talking about face and path and the, the optimal ranges for launch and how to play better. But honestly, that is like almost the last thing I'm actually worried about right now. The next phase of what we should be doing are making some cool games that you can't find anywhere else. Making practice fun, as Chris has mentioned many more times. 
that I'm going to play for so are going to sit down and go to ideas of how to gamify some things that don't exist in other software. So as much as I'm trying to say the software is going to be cool, it's already cool and does better things than a lot of our, our, our peers in the industry. But the opportunity for making the software so much better and so much more engaging to the point where you want to use it every day because you're not sure of what's going to happen next when you hit a shot is what we're after. So whether that's cool backdrops, whether that's more cops against tour players or better cops against yourself so that you know what you should be doing and what type of player you actually are. We didn't even touch on the shot score, which is my favorite feature inside of the app right now. Uh, the we're, We've got some runway with the software and uh, I bring it up every day that we cannot possibly go fast enough to make this work and make it better for all the users. Nick, do you think this changes the overall perspective trajectory of golf tech has it has it changed a lot in the last couple of years it's been many since i stepped foot in a golf tech for no reason other than uh that's just the way things go sometimes but i feel like presentation wise things have changed a fair bit for the company is this is this part of a, a larger program that you're you're changing face a bit yeah, absolutely. Internally, we name these projects Golf Tech Anywhere, but the idea that you can practice with us, use some of the same tools at home, get that integration back and forth, own the vertical integration of the hardware and the software that people interact with all the time, which we didn't have before, but we desperately wanted and needed. That is changing everything about how to get better at golf. If you want to come and take a lesson from me, that's pretty hard. You got to fly here and I'm probably busy that day. But to take a lesson by yourself with some good guided instruction about how to do that. And then when you're ready to get an in-person experience with someone else, because something is uh, still not enough, uh, we'll offer that too. So we want options for people, whether they just want to have fun with a sim, they want to learn all about their game with that simulator launch monitor. They want to get better at the game without leaving their house or still hitting golf shots in their pajamas like Chris does on the weekends we'll offer that and if you you want to come in and see teachers that all they do is teach golf and help people get better they don't do other things like run tournaments or work in the golf shop or answer the phone for tea times we don't do that stuff we just have the the pros it's what they do we've got just all these different options that that we can offer so while you can get a service for a golf lesson or different launch monitors, and you can buy all those. We'd like to make it so compelling that you want to buy uh, Skytrack Plus because of the software we have and the integration that we have across all of our different platforms. Well put. Chris, is there something about Skytrack that people need to know more about that you maybe see them not recognizing? Um, probably what I didn't recognize in when when I first got the Skytrack device, I was I was probably like you or maybe many others in on the THP forums. Is I was like, man, if it's that price, could it really be that good? Uh, I remember saying that uh, to Josh. Actually, I called him and it was just like, is it really that good? Um, and he said, you know, for the money, this is the best thing on the market. And this was the original Skytrack and. You have to bring it at home and working with it um, you know, for a few months before I got this job, which was a great way to um, justify the expense of the sim in the garage to my wife is like, oh, now I work here and this helped get the job. So that's good. Um, but then moving to, like I said, moving to the Skytrack Plus, man, this thing is just really good. It competes against 
anything and everything out on the market. Um, the team that's been behind Skytrack for years are, are passionate golfers who have been in the launch monitor game for such a long time, back to the original vector units. Um, you may be too young to even know what that is, Dan. Um, and then you combine that with kind of the brain trust that we have at Golf Tech and a company that's really revolutionized golf instruction from a technology standpoint. Um, it's just got me really excited. I, I, the sky's the limit for us as we move forward. And I think that's the one thing I would stress to everybody is anytime you buy an electronic device of any kind, um, but specifically in this game, you're not buying just the device you get that day. You're buying what's going to be tacked on to it you know, three months from now, six months from now, nine months from now and beyond. Uh, and, and we've got a lot of runway left. You know, you're lucky you gave me that little pity party about bad golf earlier on the show. So I'm sort of putting up with all these subtle jabs you're taking about age and uh, the lack of simulator in my garage. But, you know, that's fine. Uh, I, I've been uh, I'm really glad I could have you guys on today because it, it allows not only an education for everyone else, uh, but also myself, because I, I did spend some time with the original Skytrack and the idea that there's constant improvement going on is an exciting thing. And it, it's a nice little reminder to me to say, you know, even if you tried it before, try it again, certainly try the new product. Um, and, and that goes the same for everyone else. I think, I think there should be an understanding that just because something is a number doesn't mean it's going to directly relate with other things of that number. <laughs> okay. You know, the, the, I'm excited that you guys have unlocked the ability to create good quality data for the everyday golfer and we've been begging for something to be price viable uh and it sounds like you're closing in on that if if not already there yeah yeah definitely and by the way just to give you a little bit more pity nick and i are going out to bally hack in about a month and a half here uh sadly without you this time yeah yeah um, i i heard i was uh, i got forwarded that email where you said make sure he doesn't come that was awful <laughs> last time so that's fine. He's a horrible person. Horrible, horrible person. <laughs> hey, 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 listen, if he gets food poisoning, Nick, I'll be happy to take his place, okay? <laughs> Hadn't thought about that, but challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> short, short a couple eye drops. Yeah, I get it. Uh, anyways, guys, thank you so much. Uh, Nick, it's a pleasure getting to know you a little bit. Uh, and we do have this dropping live, and we always have a thread up on THP. So, I'm sure there'll be lots of conversation about Skytrack and, and obviously about Koski's golf game in there uh, during the showtime. So if you haven't, uh, everyone out there, if you haven't taken a look at Skytrack, if you're interested in launch monitors, um, if you're looking for some golf lessons, check out Golf Tech, check out Skytrack uh, and make those lessons count. It'll be worth it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having us. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.